0: anybody even people who have no experience making podcasts and don't even have podcast recording software can just make podcasts
1: my daughter has a podcast
0: my cats have a podcast
1: wow (laughs) that is (laughs) impressive Uh, uh, i'm sure uh,
0: Hey, book buddies, this is your host, Dylan. This is part two of our Radical Candor podcast. If you missed part one, you're going to want to go back to your podcast provider of choice and just load up our previous episode. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. Bye. I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books.
1: So one of the things that I, and I picked this up, uh in my 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 coaching um and uh, it was I don't want to know, I'm trying to think if it has a specific name and I don't think it does but when you ask someone hey how's the team doing and you get that silence and you get that look you change up your question and go so if you were a weather system today what would you be
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. right and you can get really creative with it because it doesn't have to be in you know i you could you know i am a ray of sunshine Mm -hmm. just beaming down on a cold beer like you you know or you know i i'm i'm overcast with Mm -hmm. you know the the thing i found about it is it kind of breaks up it uses humor and it breaks up that mm-hmm. that that thought process of, and going yeah. oh okay let's have some fun with it sure and the, the other nice thing about it is is you don't have to do it there like if you do it in a group setting and someone does say you know uh i'm i'm a hurricane waiting to happen
2: mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm.
1: you can use that and go hey the the hurricane waiting to happen you know you pull them across privately hurricane waiting to happen you know what's going on tell me yeah. more about that you know yeah. and it, sometimes it's a joke mm-hmm. sometimes it's mm-hmm. like oh, i was just joshing
0: sure 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 yeah okay it, you know she also talks about reading body language right yeah. if the team leader you know if you say hey what kind of weather system is this team today and the team leader looks at you right in the eye and smiles this huge manic smile and says oh we're rainbows and butterflies sir and everybody else on the team is looking at the floor with their arms crossed you got to be able to observe that and not just take that answer at face value right yeah and it might be time for a talk with the team leader yeah about maybe reading their reports, body language, yeah. but it also could be an opportunity to kind of touch base with some of those other folks, maybe even right there and say, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm noticing some body language is telling me that maybe you guys need some more support. What can I do for you? Right.
1: Yeah. And that breaking that, let up, that one of those things that Kim Scott talks about is using humor and breaking mm-hmm. up and use that humor and kind of challenging. You're challenging directly. It's a, a fun care personally. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, how are you doing today as you're walking down the hall? Right. Yeah. You know.
0: L- looking at your iPad, right, with your <laughs> or your phone yeah. or whatever, being like, okay, cool, see ya, right? Not really yeah. attending because that does not show personal care. You're not going to get uh, good, accurate, trusting communication if you are not showing. And again, it's it's not, I could, I could care like crazy, but if I don't show it, yeah. I can't expect people to behave as though I care and to engage in radical candor and really have good communication. If I don't show it,
1: it does make me think of a story um, from a restaurant we worked at together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the, uh, the GM. Mm-hmm. She She walked in and I was running around and, you know, she's like jason how are you doing today as she's walking away from me <laughs> jason, yeah. how are you doing today and she's like eight feet away from me and i'm like do you care uh, <laughs> she stopped dead in her tracks oh turned around and said yes i do yes i do <laughs> yeah so you know it's it is one of those things that our body language is important how we Mm -hmm. come across is important you know Mm -hmm. what we ask in the hallway is it a casual you know hope things are going well type thing or is Mm -hmm. it a hey you know i need to put forth some effort here
0: well and also i'll say even if she did care if she kept walking what did she just show you she doesn't. Yeah. yeah, you can't read her mind. You don't yeah. know if she's on her way to call her <laughs> daughter that's about to that's at the hospital, ready to have a baby. All you don't. know is that she just showed you that she doesn't care.
1: She doesn't care but in that moment.
0: In that moment. That moment. But but what that means is that again, back to those relationships, right? That grinds yeah. away at our relationship just a little bit, and and it won't break it, probably, because if next time she talks to you, she really shows that she cares or it explains. You know, yesterday I asked you how you were doing and then walked away. That was pretty crappy of me. Here's what was going on. And, and uh, Kim actually does a really good job of this. And I was, I, was pro- I got to admit, I was kind of proud of myself because I've done this before in my classroom. Like if you show up as a manager or as a teacher or even as a parent and you're just not feeling it, first of all, she says, take a mental health day if you need it. But the second thing she says is be forward. And, and I've done this with my students before. I've been like, you know what, uh, kiddos, um, I, I didn't get that much rest last night. I'm really not feeling my best self today. So please forgive me if if I'm a, if I'm a, a little short today. I, I'm really trying and I appreciate your hard work too. So I'm gonna try really hard, but forgive me if I don't have as much patience as usual. Right? And being able to go out there and like admit, it, you're putting it out there in the yeah. world. I, I'm not perfect. I'm sorry. I'm gonna try my best. I know I'm not my best self today. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna try. So bear with me. Right.
1: Well, yeah, and that's uh, you know that's one of the things that we we went over um, in coaching is when you have a client and you're you're going to the client, you know, you want to show up as your best self.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you want to be in a mindset where you're gonna hold people as whole, capable, resourceful, and creative. And if you can't do that, you need to be honest with your client and say, Hey, you know, this is where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. And if you can, you know, if it's really bad, tell them and reschedule. It's like, Hey, this is where I'm at today.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I have done that with a couple of clients where I've like, Hey, you know, I, I I woke up and I had lost my voice and my client meeting was in 10 minutes and I'm like, no." And I'm like, okay. So I I have the, I can call at the squeaky voice, and I'm like, hey, I woke up and I've lost my voice. Um, I can sit here and listen to you, and you can hear me try to answer you, or we can reschedule for next week. What are mm-hmm. your thoughts? What would you? have? That's, that's, that's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, but yeah, yeah, showing up showing up is important, and if you are showing up in a poor mindset it's gonna it's gonna uh kind of it's gonna put everybody off um i wanna we've talked about a lot and i think it's amazing and i love it i want to back up because i don't think we talked enough about praise okay we talked about candor we talked about receiving and giving it we talked about encouraging it but one of the things there's two things that I, i i got two quotes Really, okay um lame, lame at least on one it. at least one quote, um and I think it actually might be from the feedback loop video stuff I was watching, okay, and it is uh if you can say it to a dog, it's not really feedback <laughs> good boy, yeah, 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 um and she goes into uh the. The radical candor and having a candid conversation one thing she talks about is not overthinking it and mm-hmm. that goes to that whole thing of don't schedule a meeting for a week out do it in real time while it's fresh yeah right um but she also goes on to say that you want to put the same amount of thought into praise as you do candor
0: that one is right out of this book by the way yes
1: absolutely. yeah And that really stuck with me because I've gotten feedback and I have asked this question before in in emails, I've gotten feedback. Hey, good job. And I have gone and emailed back, you know, uh, thank you for letting me know that you enjoyed my work. Uh, Can you give me a few details on what you really liked about it?
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And that it can actually go a long way too. If you have a good relationship with a boss stuff like that but getting that getting really personal and really detailed with what they did is good Mm -hmm. and that's where that that sbi model comes in here's the situation here's the behavior Mm -hmm. here's the impact yeah um i going over my notes on reading this before i didn't really i didn't really take that as a note but going over the book again that was the thing that really jumped out at me this time. It's yeah. like, oh, I need to get clear on the feedback that I'm giving.
0: And, you know, in, in education, what struck me about the feedback that you're describing, this SBI feedback, um, was that in, in uh, both adults and children, we talk about the difference between a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. And they've done the, a ton of research has been done on this. So I'll, I'll spare you all the wonky psycho babble. But the short story is that the way we provide feedback to adults and children can influence whether they develop a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. So a student that has a, or, or any kind of student, adult or child that has a fixed mindset would think something like, I'm not a math person. Right, And they get that from adults providing nonspecific feedback or by uh, praising results, right? Focusing on impact as opposed to process, right? Mm-hmm. So by providing really timely feedback and focusing on effort, I'm not saying we should not talk about impact, but I would say if we're providing feedback to children in particular, that taking a moment to comment on effort, because there, there's a difference between good job getting a hundred on the math test. Yeah. And I see you tried your best on the math test. How do you feel about your results? Those are two, those four were different ideas about what is valued between you and your child. And I would argue that the same can be said of adults. I would also say that taking a moment to tell someone an impact when maybe they didn't realize the impact, right? Like your example of uh, the, um, the memorial that we used earlier today, right? Your, your care and empathy really helped bring the team together. Yeah. That is an impact that would maybe have been invisible to that employee that you can see. So I would say absolutely using that SBI model for both praise and criticism and putting the same amount of thought into each, that's definitely valuable.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is like a, a checking account almost, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to have deposits there. There's going to be withdrawals. So you look at that as mm-hmm. the negatives and positives of feedback. Yeah. Um, and we,
0: we go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say that it, by, by doing this, you're, you're building this kind of rapport. The other way I've, I've looked at it uh, is not a checking account, but uh, like, the, like the S&P 500. Oh, you're, gonna, okay. you're gonna have yep. your ups and downs, but uh, you, just, you just slowly see this growth as it goes yeah. up. Type we, thing
0: In education, in, in every school, maybe does it a little bit differently, but we, we talk about to help kids understand this idea, because cuz who uses checking accounts anymore jason
1: um. <laughs> i mean they're still a thing it's just a hard so. it's with just kids, a hard
0: with kids we talk about a bucket
1: we talk but, about yeah.
0: filling a bucket and we talk about dipping a bucket right yeah. and if if we could if we brought that you know when you say something nice or when a child compliments another child or does something nice for them or even when an adult compliments a child or gives them praise you're filling that bucket
1: um wasn't this in Daring Greatly? Doesn't, it might have been. Doesn't Brene Brown talk about A Bucket and Daring Greatly are one of her, one of her many books?
0: Yes. I, yeah. I'm sure of it. I can't recall it directly, um, but I know we've talked about it a lot um, in education in that if, if I'm going to provide criticism to a child or a correction, I need to make sure that that is backed up with three to five um, other things that I've found that are strong for that child, right? Yeah. Positive interactions. If you look at your positive to negative interactions, you're you're filling a bucket to dipping a bucket. Filling a bucket is saying nice things, giving them good feelings. Dipping a bucket is corrective feedback. Uh, you really want to aim for that five to one. And I'm not sure that that's necessary for all adults. Um, it can't hurt by the way, Um, but I'll say that there are plenty of kids who um, particularly if they have learning disabilities or other difficulties, they they can go home and they can get the opposite ratio. Or studies have even showed that some of those kids get much worse, like 10 uh, corrections or um, negative pieces of information about their behavior. To one positive yeah. and that i i can't it it breaks my heart to think about living in an environment like that i'm trying to imagine myself living in an environment where of the 10 things i heard people say about me today nine of them were negative and one of them was positive now imagine that being iterated over your first 10 to 15 to 18 years of life and some kids have to live with that
1: yeah
0: sorry you get fired up yeah. about
1: that. no I, I and it's a good thing to get fired up about i um i've used when i've managed big teams before and you're trying to keep track of everything mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. just used i created a, an excel spreadsheet sure and basically it was you know it was a positive was a plus one a minus a negative was a minus one type thing mm-hmm. and it was very much so and it kept this this running score at the bottom but the score really didn't meet anything except to me where it's oh i'm giving them a whole bunch of positive feedback whole mm-hmm. bunch of positive feedback they're on the positive side or man they're really on the negative side the goal was always kind of like zero you want to hit that that zero number right around there. Mm-hmm. You want to, you want to keep it in there. Maybe it's a little bit high on the positive side. But if you had a whole bunch of negatives, this is where I'm like, okay, I've now there's something going on. I need to either have a have some conversations and figure out why. I need there's a, you know a a care personally moment here. I need to understand yeah. what they're going on. I mean, I th- what Kim Scott talks about, um uh, was it bob was that was his name bob uh, she talked about bob yep bob and uh bob got to a spot where bob was fired and he's like well why didn't anyone ever tell me and that's that whole blindsided by thing but you know for me when i manage big teams keeping this spreadsheet putting those positives and negatives in there Helped me make sure that I was giving them that feedback.
2: Yeah,
1: help and making sure that no one was blindsided. I I've had a couple bosses tell me, right when you're in a review and they if they come if they're surprised, they're yeah. surprised you did something wrong.
0: Yeah, you're not being a good manager. You're not yeah. being a good boss or leader. And,
1: yeah. and really, the to me I found when I really started thinking about this is. Uh, I would fall into that ruinous empathy mm-hmm. early on in my management career, ruinous empathy, which is the low challenge directly. Yeah. High care. Mm-hmm. And I, people would get the reviews and they're like, wait a minute. And I'm like, no, I gave you this feedback. And it was never taken as challenge directly. It was sure. only taken as, okay, they're telling me something hmm they're, they're they're telling me they're telling me something but it doesn't seem like a challenge right or, i was yeah there was this as a young leader it was a a fear yeah and well, we want they're to be not like. gonna like they're not gonna like me
0: exactly yeah yeah um and part of it is also um how we give the feedback this i literally happened in our house the the other day um, I, like I think I mentioned earlier our, our mother-in-law moved in she's using a walker yeah she was trying to get around the living room and uh, my youngest bless her the little monkey um, she was like rolling around on the floor doing something ridiculous and my wife was like hey your your grandma is trying to get through the living room and th- that, that was what she said she said Your grandma's trying to get through the living room. And my child heard her and just kept on rolling around like a a water buffalo or something. I don't even know what you're pretending to do. And I saw this whole thing go down and I looked out into the living room and I, I used the words, child, let me be direct, get out of the way, right? And she looked up she saw that somebody was coming. She got up and she moved. And my wife looked right at me and she said, "That's what I said. Why is it when you say it I get a better response?" And I said, "But wait a second. That's not what you said." Yeah. You said, right? And and I think that that applies to the situation particularly as young managers or new managers that right. even t-
1: even experienced managers. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Even experienced managers because communication Communication's a funny thing. it is. I could have interpreted that as, hey, you're rolling around on the ground. You know, your grandmother's trying to get by as, oh, I need to move, right? But in her mindset, that's not what was said.
0: She was like, somebody's moving through the living
1: room. Good for them.
0: I'm over here rolling. Everybody's (laughs) doing stuff in the living room. It's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you're going and you're having these conversations with people and it's like, and, you know, and it kind of goes back to that whole um thing with Kim Scott. Oh, I need to be more direct with this. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, okay. I see in talking to you that I need yeah. to be more, come yeah. across better.
0: And and part of that is, you know, reading the room, reading, reading the body language, seeing people's reactions and being able to, I, I would say, and I've done this before with students where I've given them feedback that was, that was maybe packaged nicely, right? I'll be like, so when you're a partner with this other person, maybe you should think about, right? I'll frame it that way. And if it's with a student that has a high degree of emotional intelligence, what I'll do is I'll say, do you understand what I'm saying? And they'll be like, they always say yes. And then I'll say, what do I want you to do? And then they'll actually say what I, what I want them to do in, in that interaction. But with some students, if I tried to package feedback that way for them in a small group environment, that they, they wouldn't get it. I have to be more direct. So part of that is reading the room. Right.
1: And she really talks about this in the book when she's talking about doing business in Japan.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: I forget where else she was doing business, but it was doing business. Oh, there's Russia, she Russia, about Russia, Russia. Yep. Right. She talks about Japan and asking for feedback and it goes to tea, right?
2: Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we
1: could have better tea in the break room. It's like, okay. And she gets it and makes an ordeal about it. Hey, you got your tea. You, I got your tea. You like, is this the tea you like? Is this, you know? Well, it's kind of like what I mentioned before
0: about rewarding that feedback. The reward for the feedback is action, right? Not resistance, not explaining stuff away action now and you know she also acknowledges that look there are going to be some times where you just have to be frank about what you have control over or not but if it's something that you have control over if it's tea get, get some dang tea get it T, right
1: a t's an easy fix
0: it is but it's
1: right. that it's that it's the here's what works in japan here's what works and this is like if you go and you're you're at you're at your job and you, you've been killing it at your job and you decide that i'm going to move on from this job for whatever reason you're moving on and now you're going into a new environment everything started over mm-hmm. you can't expect that what worked at your last job is going to work the same at your new job
2: sure yeah
1: and because you've now broken out of that, that, that comfort zone, you're now in that growth zone and you've got to figure it out. And there may be some things that work and there may, maybe it all will work, mm-hmm. but chances are that there's going to be one person or a group of people that you're going to have a harder time getting across to, because you you've never dealt with this, this style of personality or communication. And one of the things I do like that she says in her, her book is it's not about personality,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: right? Here's your framework. It's not really about personality, but she does kind of guess go into, there are different personalities out there. You still got to be radically candid in this is, you have to figure out different ways to care personally about people and get on that boat with people
0: yeah and you know part part of that is and she acknowledges this and in the revised edition of the book that she does make clear that she would rather have managers be that that aggressive what was the aggressive Uh,
1: obnoxious obnoxious aggression
0: obnoxious aggression she would literally rather managers participate in obnoxious aggression because then with obnoxious aggression what that is is that you don't care very much personally about your people or at least you're not showing it but at least you're providing them feedback direct feedback direct feedback that's the candor right the truth about their performance
1: so at least they can make room they they know where they stand Exactly. You know. Exactly I would rather. I thinking. would rather have that than anything else. And, I, and her, the, yeah, her the, argument that a lot of us,
0: and myself included, particularly as a young, you know, first-year teacher or as a junior manager, um, fall into that ruinous empathy. We want to be liked. Oh. We want our employees to be happy. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. So we sometimes provide some, like you said before, we sometimes provide some very nicely gift-wrapped feedback Luffy. that doesn't even always feel like feedback yeah. and is not always even actionable good job yeah. Mr. Berg. And, and we we try the praise effort and it's all we care it's we care a lot uh, arguably more about ourselves and our wants our want to be liked as opposed to our want to have a successful um Profit center or a successful team. And so I think that's why when she talks early in the book about some of the misconceptions around radical candor, for some of you hearing this, that it, literally you may have heard this book be poked fun at before, she addresses that extremely directly, that this is where the misperceptions were. I heard the feedback. So this is the stuff that I've added to the book to help yeah. move you.
1: Yeah, she took the radical candor she got about the book and, yeah. and and did it. And that you know, so she talks about when you go through the book and they go through I don't know what it is with us reading books with four squares in it.
0: Uh our, our, we keep coming back to that, right? We keep yeah. coming
1: back to it. I but she's like, Don't don't put people into these these categories. We fall into all of them, which it's really easy to do when you're like, Oh, you're 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 doing some ruinous sympathy here yeah, we got a ruinous sympathizer here people hear that? kinda, He's a sympathizer. Yeah, yeah that's kind of your default isn't it mm. but that obnoxious aggression i've i've had a few bosses like that and mm. it will get it can get wearing sometimes yeah um it, but it, if if you if you go and you tell your obnoxious aggressor aggression and you go hey man it, you know, we've been working together for a while and it, I really, you're, you're kind of coming off as a dick to me mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. And it, it's starting to wear on me. A good boss will be like, oh, tell me more about that. Sure, or, yeah. Okay, well, you know, sorry, but this is what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. It can also happen. Whatever, but I would I would way rather be in that category. And I have to imagine that the the military falls into that category
0: i would agree oh
1: that that not i mean i, I not a military man but sure. i've watched heartbreak ridge a couple times uh, uh,
0: well you gotta start i mean you're halfway yeah,
1: there heartbreak ridge black hawk down those are you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> the good military movies i watch uh but that that care personally right mm-hmm. uh you know i, I think it's a different care personally in the military than the workplace. It's a care personally, I don't want you to die. Right. Well and and here's and here's some I'm gonna be an obnoxious aggression because here's strict rules because I don't want you to die.
0: And you know there's there's a lot of situations and not just in the military where if if people's if somebody's safety is on the line, I don't have the time to give you a nicely packaged here was the situation here was the behavior, here is the impact. I don't have time for that. I just need you to reinsert the safety pin right now, right? (laughs) And sometimes, yeah, you got to be direct. Um, We can explain later why that was important. We can do it during the debriefing or the after action report. That's totally fine. But yeah, there are often, and part of it, I think the reason that people have that impression is that that is the kind of that authoritarian, that um, that aggressive leadership is often what is called for. I do not. I, I hopefully, as your as your sergeant or your LPO or whatever the case may be, I've hopefully engaged in other behaviors before, right now, where I've showed you that I care personal, right? And, that, and that's that really
1: that. And that's really that. Um, if you was it how's it go it's like if you can't joke around you know when the shit's hitting the fan Mm -hmm. you can't joke around when it's quiet sure yeah like you know if you don't have that relationship built up when it hits the fan and things are going off it's all gonna fall apart Mm -hmm. type thing and you know that you're you're building things up you're and it also goes back to the whole kind of fire alarm theory mm. right you No, know, this is a this is a life or death life or death situation we're air quoting sure. life or death for fire sure. alarm here yeah uh but yeah you know you have to have that and you have to set these these very clear parameters otherwise the pin doesn't go back in and we're all in a world that hurts or someone gets shot or and Whatever I'll add on is.
0: to that, that you can have people that are incredibly well-trained and competent individuals, um, but, you know, when SHTF, when it all hits the fan, people will fight the hardest and perform the best.
1: What was that acronym that you threw out there? I'm SHTF,
0: pause stuff hits the fan. <laughs> Right, when it hits the fan and, and your back's to a wall and you're in a life or death situation, like you might be in the military, and, and I w- would argue maybe with less intense situations, ultimately, I think people will perform their best in that life or death situation or other situations because of the unit integrity, because of how they feel about that person next to them, right? if i yeah. don't care about the person next to me if i don't care about my sergeant if i don't care about my lpo if i think he's a dick and that he doesn't care about me um i'm just going to look out for me and it, it right when things get really crazy uh, i'm going to default to mark one mod zero survival mode and i'm going to look out for number one
1: but, and that's that if you can't joke around mm-hmm. when you're busy you you can't yeah. joke around when it's not
0: yeah. And I think one of the points of Radical Candor is build that unit integrity, build those relationships. And I would even argue, and we touched on this a little bit, um, there's, a, there's a structural thing that you should know about the book, is that the first half of the book really explains Radical Candor. And then the second half of the book, it, well, it, it explains the first half of the book explains Radical Candor, what it is and what it isn't um but then the second half of the book really is kind of an instruction manual for how to make it happen the very first thing in the second half of the book is get yourself right whatever you need if it's sleep if it's time off if it's time with your family if it's limiting your work hours if it's managing your work life balance lunch lunch <laughs> get your head straight yeah. because you cannot participate in productive high-performing empathetic radical candor if you are a freaking mess right you got to yeah. get yourself right
1: you you do you have to you have to get yourself right you have to get that and i i think the more we talk about this book well actually before i say the more we talk about this book i do got to say that i really like how kim scott laid out this book this is mm-hmm. what it is and how in depth she goes into using it. I don't know how many books I've read going, it's an idea book and Mm -hmm. that's it.
2: Mm -hmm. right?
1: So there's an idea book and then there's like the academic books that are really, that really go into depth on, you know, an idea and a process, but it really doesn't go into action where Kim Scott's like, Hey, this is what radical candor is. This is why it's important. I think her book is radical candor. This is why, uh, you should care about it why I care about it and then being very clear and then getting into that action of this is how you do it and this is mm-hmm. one of the reasons I signed up for her feedback loop thing on the website sure. mm-hmm. one you know happy to throw some money uh her way and, and two it wasn't a lot of money you know mm-hmm. it's, a, mm-hmm. it's $60 for the year and I get this this process to play with sure and yeah. it has exercises and whatnot, but. It's having those actions. I look at de- books on my my desk, and I'm like, "Yeah, that had a really good system layout, but I didn't have great action in it." Where Kim mm-hmm. Scott's book, yeah, I, you know, and one of the questions I actually wanted to ask, I feel like this should be a a regular question, right? Is, sure. um, would you read this book again?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And Would you recommend it to somebody?
0: Would I read this book again? And would I recommend it? There have been a lot of books that I have reread, right? Read again. I think that I think I would read this book again. I think particularly if I got promoted, Uh, I think if I moved into, right? From, From where I am right now. This book, um, you know, it doesn't spend a lot of time talking about students. It's more about adult to adult communication. Mm -hmm. I think that if I got promoted, I would definitely crack this thing open again. Once I had more, as I traveled up another level in the organization, um, I think it would be important to get a refresher on what radical candor is. So would I read it again? Yes, particularly in light of a promotion. Would I recommend it to other people, particularly leaders? Yes, uh, definitely. Um, I don't know that I, uh, you know, I I was talking to my wife about this book and she um, said that she had read it and and made it through kind of the first chapter. And she kind of realized that a lot of this stuff was stuff that she kind of sort of already does. Um, So her implication was that there was a sort of a, a generational difference in terms of communication styles and empathy levels she said that at her organization uh the people that and this is just one I don't work at her organization right (laughs) um but her words were that the people that benefited from it the most were a little bit older and higher up in the organization that had maybe got used to a different kind of leadership That was not as productive as something a little bit more authoritarian that was not as suited to the really um creative problem solving and complex issues that they were having to tackle in her organization. So, and this is
1: and that's that that's that industrial revolution mm -hmm. kind of process. So, you have you have people that leaders that were there in the the height of the industrial revolution type Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. and then they teach the next generation of leaders how to lead Mm -hmm. and those leaders take teach the next generation and there's this slow kind of learning of it but then there's the offshoot where it's like hey i see what this this thing is i'm gonna go start up my own business and in starting our own business, they've now branched off. Oh, this could be like one of those time variant things. Uh, Loki, did we just low key this? I think we low keyed it. So, you avenue of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, uh, you, you that startup goes and now they're they don't have any of these other leaders that were in this hey. industrial revolution thing. They've got all these these young, fresh leaders with new ideas. So, yeah, I will agree. Uh, with your wife, that there is some generational stuff that's here. Um, I also say that some of it is not generational because there are young adults, there are not young adults that don't practice radical candor. And I think about the ghosting society that we're in, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm it's I, i'm gonna easily just walk away from you or sure. you know uh be manipulatively insincere which we really mm-hmm. didn't talk about and i'm, I'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it in a way because that's a mm-hmm. crappy category in my opinion yeah <laughs> yeah and crappy category it's just those are the people those are the toxic people you just don't want to be around anyways right oh so. yeah absolutely
0: not i i but think yeah. i would agree with you there particularly for people that are new to managing folks you know i was talking uh with again with with my wife about this and i i realized as we were talking uh first of all i have a business degree i I wouldn't say that i use it routinely uh it's not something i brag about at parties um but (laughs) i realized when we were discussing it um that the idea of developing the, the kind of relationships that are advocated for in this book was not covered really at all as a part of my business management training. It, it was really more about, um, you know, there was, of course, a lot on the accounting side, and there was a lot about how we make decisions as managers and the role of management, but it was not about developing these relationships so i would say you know if there are people that have struggled to form um, important mentor mentee relationships that and people are getting promoted into positions where now they need to be team leads i would say that this book would be a really important read
1: yeah especially for uh, developing those deeper relationships Mm -hmm. i I would say all in all this book is about relationship building
0: yeah yeah ultimately when you get down to it it's absolutely about yeah. relationship building. Um, yeah, she, she does, could have
1: taken a different path and done like a dating book.
0: Yeah, I, I about totally, marriage book. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. If she went down a psychology path for her career, she could have done like a, a marriage book with the same framework and idea. Of and I would
0: thing. I would absolutely argue that um, the the framework and the stuff that she discusses that are the core tenets of radical candor are in fact mirrored in a lot of the other literature that we've seen on best practices in teaching around how we communicate with students and other children in terms of helping support them to be the best little humans that they can be no. by caring about them, by getting to know them, learning what kind of learners they are or what kind of little humans they are, and then being really direct and providing them with actionable feedback to help them continue to learn, grow, and develop. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, so this was my second go at this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think, like I said earlier, the the praise that I picked up and how to structure praise was a big thing out of this book for me. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm already reading the book again. I, 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 I think I think you're right that everybody should read the book when they go as a promotion is a great promotion book. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's a couple other books we could th- probably throw in there for promotion books, but this is a great one. Mm-hmm. Even to stay fresh on it on kind of a yearly basis type thing, just like, Hey, yeah. this is a, and- or if you're dealing with a conversation that's not uh, that's you're like, Hey, I, I, I'm having trouble with this conversation. I'm having trouble as employee. I, I'm in a I'm in a weird spot. You know, I want to refresh myself on this so I can figure out a way to get through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So.
0: I mean, and even if you know, I get that reading all the way through this book is about 200. It's technically 300 pages, but that includes a bonus chapter that includes an afterword. Um, and, and so really the meat and potatoes of the book is around 250-ish pages. Um, yeah, even a little bit less than that. So a little over 200 pages, but, but I would say, even if you just read, even if you only make it through the first 50 pages, maybe the first 75 that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of the, that, that would give you a really good understanding about what radical candor is, what it isn't, and how to avoid those kind of other three quadrants that are suboptimal, so yeah. to speak, and how to try to plant yourself in that radical candor section. And then, like I said, the last half of the book, the last 100 pages or so of what I mentioned is What specifically, what should your priorities be? What things do you say and do as a new manager that help you get from a noob that doesn't know how to drive a collaborative team to uh, a practitioner of radical candor that can help high functioning teams, GSD, get stuff done. done. And she also, and we didn't talk about it much here. But she also has a getting stuff done, like wheel of decision making that's actually pretty instructive, I would argue, much more important to people that are uh, getting higher, I would say above it. team leaders, I think could benefit from it, but uh, particularly anybody above that team leader um, area, it, it includes uh, heuristic for how we uh, make decisions where decisions should come from, uh, and a process for negotiating, debating those decisions that I'd say would be extremely valuable for, for team leader and above, particularly above that team leader position. Yeah. Because the temptation is as you get higher in management is to take on more decisions. Our argument is that is actually the opposite no. direction that we should be going. So all good hey, stuff I, though.
1: You know, actually that makes me think of, I remember early on in my, my management career, I was asked, you know, how many, how many people have you managed before? I, you know i gave them a number i like well sit you know and i think the, the number of the time was like a team of 15 or something like that yeah. which is a lot of people and yeah. um they're like well you know this is this is a team of like 40 and we really want someone with more experience leading big teams and at one point in time i was managing a, a, a team of you know close to, to 40 or 50 people yeah. and it's, it's one of those things that it's, it's hard. It's, it is harder to manage a team of that size, but when you manage a a smaller team, you know, it's the same thing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and it's getting to know people and it's getting personal and it's, it's, you know, being candid and, you know, having all these relationships. So, you know, whether you're, you're managing a team of, of 40 or whether you're managing a team of of three mm-hmm. right if you're a ceo and you have three direct reports or you know you know this book this book is going to help build those relationships absolutely so and I, I i would recommend it again i recommended it for us to read and i yep. i would definitely recommend it again so sure um i guess i got one more question before we we sign this all off, Dylan. Send it, my dude. What are we reading next? Oh. You like the slow roll I did there? What I like that. Are we reading next?
0: What are we reading next? Um, I picked up. I did pick up at your suggestion. Think like a monk. Okay. I haven't. Uh, I haven't cracked it yet but that's one that you've mentioned before. Now that I think of it, I have a stack of probably three or four other ones, but that's the one that's coming to my mind here first and foremost. I don't know if it's the, the guy smiling on the cover is sticking in my mind, but uh, Jay,
1: Jay Shetty. Oh yeah. Jay
0: Shetty, yeah. The, this this yeah. guy. That's yeah. the guy.
1: Yeah. yeah, um, i I am down to to go over to Think Like a Monk. There's a whole bunch in it. I I, I love it. I I've I it's one of those, it's a book that's been hard for me to finish because I keep going back and forth and being sure. And um, uh, I do say I think he has. I think he's got a foursquare in here, if I'm not mistaken. Thank gonna, yeah, we, if they, there's not a four square in it.
0: Yeah, we can't review, we can't review it. it if there's not a four square in it. I, I yeah. think that's where we're that's our role here in the world. We find yeah. books that include four squares and we talk about the four squares.
1: Yeah. Um no, I I'm down. If you want to do Think Like a Monk, next. Let's monk let, it up, man. Let let's let's make that happen. Um, he's got a podcast as well. Oh. So? Um, so does a radical candor has a podcast. I should hope uh, so. Yeah so i hear okay. everybody
0: i mean like really yeah. any anybody even people who have no experience making podcasts and yeah. don't even have podcast recording software can just make podcasts
1: my daughter has a podcast
0: you, you, my cats have a podcast
1: wow <laughs> that's that <is laughs> impressive uh, uh, i'm sure uh, a lot of subscribers too a lot of yeah. subscribers <laughs> yeah oh i will my dude my dude Uh, it's been a pleasure it's it's been a pleasure it's a great conversation a long conversation loved it uh is there anything that you would like to say before we go
0: i am always thankful to be able to talk through these books i think that anybody listening don't don't listen in isolation if if one of these books is appealing to you read it, read it with a buddy, talk about it. Um, I can say, of course, that I've gleaned a lot from, from talking to you about this book. It helps me understand the content better. But I'll also say talking to my wife about this content really helped me kind of um, come to some better understandings around the book as well. So, you know, yeah. have, have a book, buddy, have a battle, buddy. And uh, you don't need to do it alone.
1: You don't need to do it alone. There, there's clubs out there. There's Facebook groups. There's the, the whole enchilada. Um, and I'll also say that Kim Scott uh, really promotes that. She promotes people reading this book at work together so you can mm-hmm. get a common language. Yeah, that, that is something she she promotes. So not just for her book, but for all books common language book buddy i I think you're right there's always a a good conversation and i would say reach out to us we're we're still working on a you know publishing these conversations and Mm -hmm. also uh you know getting a getting an insta so people have a a way to contact us and say hey thanks for thanks for sharing this book and whatnot yeah and i think that, that's what it. they would say right
0: that's what they would she, say thanks, and, and thanks for
1: Shannon's book and whatnot yeah
0: we'll take a page out of her book and we want to hear your radical candor about our podcast right you'll know, let us know well, what we're well, doing yeah, give give it give it to us straight man you don't need no. to blow smoke up our bums here tell us what yeah. we're doing well and tell us what we suck no. at we'll try to get better
1: tell us what you want us to read and talk about yeah I'm heck not, yes we're always
0: it. looking for suggestions <laughs> right
1: exactly
0: oh uh, my guy my dude you ready
1: I, i'm ready my dude i All will right. see you uh next time
0: that sounds great man
1: bye, man. bye for bye. now bye.
0: our podcast was originally recorded on zoom special thanks to skill Soul on pixabay for providing our intro and outro music
1: if you've enjoyed this podcast uh please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider
0: Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review.
1: Keep reading. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend.
0: <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, 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 uh.